Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. You know, sometimes uh, when it comes to preaching, God's not done with, um, with what he wants to be said, uh, even after you're done writing what you want to say. Um, I found this to be true um, all throughout my ministry, and uh, I've got to tell you that, that this morning is one of those mornings where um, what I've seen here at Pittman Park this morning, what I've heard, um, just the stories um, that, that have come as a result of, of Bill's preaching in the earlier sermon, um, has me rethinking everything. Do you ever do that? You ever, you ever get up to make a, a presentation to give a speech, and all of a sudden you're like, this is going to be different. So bear with me this morning. This is going to be different than I planned. Uh, this is going to be different than what I wrote. And so where I want to begin is with the scripture text this morning, half of which you have in your bulletin. Um, if you have your bulletin, open it up to Matthew, uh, the text there, Matthew 25, uh, beginning at verse 31. Go ahead and open that up. The word's going to be up on the screen as we proceed through the text. But I want to, um, to tell you where this scripture text that we're about to read, which is about um, the, the great judgment um, that's going to happen at the end of time, um, I want to tell you where this particular section of scripture fits into the overarching scheme of Matthew 25 because it matters. Because here in Matthew 25, we have Jesus who is teaching his disciples and his people about the kingdom of God and what it will be like. And so you have this parable of the ten bridesmaids that happens at the beginning of verse 25, um, the, the sort of theme of which is be ready, be prepared for the kingdom is coming. Um, it's coming, it's breaking into the world even now. Uh, then there's this second parable, a parable of the talents. Have you guys heard the parable of the talents before? You, you remember this one? The story goes like this, that uh, there's a master who has a, a great amount of wealth and he decides to go on vacation uh, or go off and do business someplace else. And so he calls in his three most trusted servants. He gives one servant um, uh, one talent, one five talents, and one ten talents, um, and, and he leaves and when he comes back, he calls those men in uh, that he's entrusted um, with the talents. And he asks them to account for what they've done with it. And, and the one, uh, the first two, the two that had been given more, multiplied their talents. Um, they multiplied their talents. They doubled what they had been given. And the master says to them, well done, my good and faithful servant. But there's one, there's one servant, um, the lazy servant is how he's often referred to, this lazy servant who instead of doing anything with the money he'd been given, he takes the money and he buries it in the ground um, and covers it up because he knows the kind of, of master that he's serving. And when the master comes back, he uncovers the money, he, he digs it all up and he brings it to him and he says, here's your money and here's the deal with that with that, right? Like you would think that would be enough just to give it all back and everything would be okay, everything would be fine, everything would be even. You gave me this, I'm giving it right back to you. But the, the master is infuriated. He's infuriated. He says, you should have done something with what I gave you. You should have multiplied it. You should have at least put it in the bank so it could earn some interest. And he throws that servant out. All right, so all of this is leading up to this text that we're about to read. This is the, the third parable inside of Matthew 25 about the kingdom of God. And I want you to hear this in light of those other two parables. The first one that says the kingdom of God is breaking in and it's going to break in at an unexpected hour, unexpected time. The second one that, that the theme of which is God gives us 
rich blessings and we're to do something with those blessings, here is the third parable inside of Matthew 25, of which you only have half, because the bulletin was printed long before um, the Spirit started working on, on the sermon, so <laughs> reworking the sermon. So here is what it's called. Um, in, in my Bible, it's called the Judgment of the Nations, and it goes like this. When the Son of Man comes in glory and all his angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a, sep- as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. All right, shepherds don't separate the sheep from the goats except for in important times, like whenever you need to milk the goats or shear the sheep. Otherwise, the sheep and the goats are all mixed up together out there in a flock and a field, eating and drinking together. They're all mixed up in there together. But here at this important moment, the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And so you can get this mental image of sheep to the right, your left, Goats to the left, your right. You with me? You got this mental image in your brain? All right, let's, get, let's be a little more clear. Everyone on this half of the room, sheep. Yay, sheep. No, that's much better. That, nah. Everyone over here, your goats. That's not the sound goats make. Goats go, ah! You've seen it on YouTube, right? That's, Mark's got it. Mark, I'm going to ask you to come to the stage and lead us. <laughs> right? All right, so you got, I'm sorry, sheep. I'm sorry, goats. Sheep, you're, it's going to be okay in just a minute. Goats, I'm sorry to call you goats. All right? Okay, here we go. Let's back in, back into the text. And he'll put the sheep at his right hand, verse 33, and the goats at the left Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him. And you have this in your, in your notes this morning. So I want you to open up your notes. Sheep, help me out, okay? Open up your notes. I want you to read along with the response. Verse 37, where it says, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king. And the king will answer them. Truly I tell you. Just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family. You did it unto me. Then he will say to those at his left. You notice that these verses aren't in your text, right? Then he will say to those at his left. Who are on his left? The goats. Okay, goats on the left. Then he will say to those on his left. Come. 
you that are accursed. Depart from me into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer. Do you see this? If you got your Bible open or your Bible app open, then they will also answer. Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them. Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is a parable for goats. Isn't it? It's a parable for goats. The unfortunate thing is too many of us in the church are goats. And the reason that we're goats, the reason I am a goat, is because all too often I am more concerned about what happens here in this place than I am about what's happening outside in our community, outside, in our world. All too often, I am more worried about how we're going to manage to make it with our budget and with the limited resources that we have here in this place. And I'm not concerned enough with what's going to happen out there, out in the world, out in Statesboro, out in Bullitt County, over in, in Edgewood, right, or, or, or maybe across the county, over in Pembroke, which is in Bryan County, but that's not that far away. All too often, I am too concerned with what's going to happen here, and I'm not concerned enough about what's going to happen out there. That makes me a goat. That makes me a goat. When we as a church are more concerned about getting this right than we are about the lost and the hurting and the marginalized and the oppressed and the poor, those who live among us, when we're more concerned about making sure everything's safe and okay in here, whenever our focus, our sole goal is to make sure that everything is nice and everything's pretty and everything's just like it's supposed to be in here, we totally miss the point of the parable. We totally miss the point of what's happening in Matthew 25 because Matthew 25 begins with this parable. You remember what I told you? It begins with a parable that says the kingdom of God is coming. It's on its way. It's breaking in. Be ready. Get ready. It's coming. 
And the second parable says you've been blessed, you've been given many talents, many gifts, many resources. What are you doing with them? And the third parable in the, in the, in the chapter tells us that there's going to be this moment when God looks at us and he says, sheep on the right, goats on the left, and I'm afraid for our church. I'm afraid for a lot of churches. I'm afraid for our denomination. I'm afraid for the Christian church that we're going to look around and all of a sudden realize that we're goats and we have totally missed the point of the gospel, that the gospel is not to keep us safe and insulated, but the gospel is to send us out into the world with the power of God. The gospel is to set us free, but not free for our enjoyment or free for our benefit, but free so that we can reach the ends of the earth in the name of Jesus Christ. And if all we do week after week is sit here and enjoy the air conditioning and each other's faces, then we've missed the point. We've totally missed the point. And we end up looking more like goats than sheep. I'm going to tell you all about, um, about when I was here in college um, at Georgia Southern. I, was a, I spent a year and a half like every other college student at Georgia Southern. But then um, Kim and Damon Bland invited me to start going to church again and go to the Wesley Foundation. And I got invited to Pittman Park. Um, some of you know this church. Um, I got invited to Pittman Park. And um, when I got there, I was amazed at how active the congregation was in missions. Uh, it, ble- it really blew me away how active the congregation was in missions. This was Back, um, I was in school from, from 99 to 2005, and, and I was amazed at how the congregation was active. And there was, this, there was this movement of the Spirit, this fire inside of the congregation about doing God's will and God's work out in the world. They even built a fellowship hall. Get this, y'all. They built a fellowship hall with the intention that it would serve as a Red Cross storm shelter in the event of a hurricane, that they could welcome people who would be displaced into the fellowship hall. Do you know the story? That this space where we sit is not just a a gymnatorium with a stage and basketball goals, but it was designed to be a place where people who were displaced could come and find rest in the midst of the storm. Some of you know the stories behind all these flags that, that are around us. Look around just for a minute. Just look around. Look at the flags on the wall. People come into our church and we get comments on the flags all the time in the, in, in the, uh, on the back side of your connection cards about the different flags that are on the wall. And I love that you have the flag of my country. We get that occasionally. Um, we also get strange comments about flags that aren't here, um, which is okay. But all that tells me uh, that we don't know the story of these flags. These flags represent the nations to which this church has been in mission and in ministry. Look around. There's, there's flags all through here. At one point um, in Pittman Park's history, we didn't have them mounted up on the wall so you could kind of ignore them because they're out of your line of sight. They were actually like right there in the center of the stage so you couldn't, you couldn't miss them when you came in. And Pittman Park's witness to what it means to be the body of Christ in the world through missions transformed for me what it means to be the church. And so guess where I found myself on spring spring break? I was in Costa Rica 
with a mission team from the Wesley Foundation. Then the next year, I found myself in Tapachula, Mexico at an orphanage ministering to children because of the witness of a church to me and, and the influence of a church on a Wesley Foundation that had an impact on me. See, whenever we get it right, whenever we figure out that the gospel is not for us, but it's for the world, whenever we figure that out and we get those priorities straight in our heart and we get those priorities straight in our life, the power, the power of God flows through us and it flows through a congregation and it makes us irresistible. It makes the power of God one of those things that everyone suddenly becomes drawn to and attracted to. But if we focus on us, and if we focus on making sure that the air conditioning is always set to a perfect 72 degrees in the space, or that there's not too much humidity or, or too little humidity in the space, if we're worried about the color of the carpets, or we're more concerned about taking care of the building than we are taking care of the souls. I'm afraid that we might be counted among the goats as opposed to being counted among the sheep. I just want to ask you, who here wants to be a goat? Who here wants to be a sheep? What does that mean for our church? What does that mean for our lives? What does that mean for you today? Because what we know is that the kingdom of God is coming that we have been richly blessed and the expectation is that we do something with what we've been given so that we might be counted among the sheep instead of among the goats. Lord, help us to be a church, a people that gets it right. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, as we move toward Holy Communion, help us to mean the words that we say. Help us to get our priorities straight that we might be your hands and feet in this world. Let us go out into the world with urgency for your kingdom is coming. Help us to do much with what we have been blessed with. That we might be counted among the sheep. That we might reach out to the poor, the needy, the naked, the hungry, the sick, the hurting, the marginalized, the oppressed. With the good news 
that a Savior has come. That a Savior is here. Offering life that begins here and now and stretches into eternity. God be with us. As we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. This morning as we move toward Holy Communion, I would remind you that all are invited to this table of grace, that all are are welcome here, that you don't have to be a member of this church or any church for that matter to come and receive God's grace at his table. God's presence becomes real to us through the sacrament of communion and helps us grow into maturity through Christ. So I want to invite you to do a couple of things um, this week. One is to pray for our church, to pray for Pittman Park, that we might understand the urgency of the gospel and how desperately our world needs it. I ask also that you begin to think about how you might be in ministry, not just by holding doors here at the church, but in ministry out in the world. I'm not talking about preaching, but how can you serve other people? Open Hearts is about to open a homeless shelter. We're working on a shower ministry here at Pittman Park. We have food ministries where we pack cans and we pack bags. We have mission trips that are going to be taking off here in the next few months. All of these things are possibilities, and I promise you that God's imagination is not limited to the things that we as a church staff have thought of. God might be stirring inside of you some mission, some ministry that we haven't thought of or we haven't conceived of yet. And if the Spirit strikes you, if the Spirit moves you in the coming week, I want to invite you to come and, and come to the office and tell Bill, call me. Um, my, my cell phone number is available on the website and in the church office. Um, I'll be at the back door if you want it. I'll give it to you. Um, I'm in Atlanta this week, but we need your ideas and your imagination because the Spirit of God is moving here, and He'll move through you if you'll allow it. Would y'all stand as we pray this morning? Excuse me, as we as we worship this morning.